Welcome back everyone. You've reached Manta Aquatics. This is Steven and Juan. Today's topic is making bank with your fish tank. Alright, I'm really excited about today's topic. Uh, today we're going to talk about propagating fish and just kind of making money off tanks. Yep, and shrimp as well. Don't, don't leave the shrimp out. <laughs> no. So, me and Juan were kind of talking about this and we, uh, we felt that we were both kind of in the mood and in the mindset that we're making plans to propagate fish and shrimp you're welcome thank you <laughs> so uh, over the last couple of weeks i've actually uh set up my 15 gallon uh fluval tank for uh hillstream loach breeding um, so the main thought process that i had of setting up this tank because it does take a lot to set up a breeding tank uh, so you got to protect the fry you got to protect the parents you got to make sure ammonia doesn't get set up so it's it's basically a community tank, but with an, like an additional difficulty. Right. So, my uh, the reason why I wanted to go with hill streams is because basically they're the my idea the perfect fish. And when I saw the price tag on hill streams at the local store, my heart stopped for you know a while. Yeah, definitely mine too. When I saw those prices, I was I it almost made me cry. It really did because, like we talked about on the topic before, when I we first got into this, thirteen dollar for hill stream pretty much normal last time we went back $30 was the norm right yeah $30 compared to 13 is a huge difference for us at least right so that I mean for the average aquarist I mean $30 is basically a saltwater fish that's pretty much their standard price so as freshwater you know aquarists you don't want to pay I would say I don't really don't want to pay over $15 that's like my kind of cutoff that's expensive fish point yeah I, for me that would be kind of my cutoff as well 15 is even pushing it for me. Right. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I agree. Like, especially for, and then you have like a schooling fish, you, I don't, I really don't really want to pay above like five. Yeah, when you get into the schooling fish, anything, I, I'd say anything above maybe six or seven dollars is pushing it because, I mean, you got to get at least five or six depending on, on the yeah, tank size. Exactly. You get. And loaches are kind of a schooling fish. So $30 per schooling fish is. You know, that's you're getting up there real quick. Yeah, I mean, that's just 60 for two, so... Right, and at that size, you don't really know if they're males or females, so you're going to have to get a couple to even breed them, and then, you know, if they don't breed, then you're just stuck with these fish. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. No, it's not, and these are very hardy fish, which is why I kind of picked them over maybe some other fish, but I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but with COVID, I feel like prices have really skyrocketed for fish lately. Yeah, I definitely do feel that they have. I have personally been looking for Celestial Pearl Danios. And I know a lot of people say that they are a very common fish for the hobby. However, we have gone to a lot of fish stores here and none of them have them. How many has it been? Now? I, well, I like to count them because I, like, I feel like we've gone to... We, so we have about four fish stores locally. Right. And I know we've gone to every single one of them at least once. Correct. And I feel like we've gone to most of them twice, maybe three times. Yeah, I would say more than more of a three time. Yeah, and we've seen them once. Yeah, one time, and they weren't. They were the tiniest things, which is why I didn't get them. Uh, which I actually think I should have gotten them, just because now when we went this past weekend, we didn't see anything. Right. So I mean, I think that leaves most fish keepers with two options: they can either you know, breed fish, or you can you know buy fish online. Right. So, all right, so let me play devil's advocate. Why would you not want to buy them online? I personally wouldn't want to buy online 
just because of the shipping prices that some of these sites uh, offer. They're to me they they can get pretty high. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I've had good and bad experience with online because we got <laughs> we we bought our shrimp online and how many so how many shrimp did we do you think we bought? I'd say all together around maybe 30. Yeah, I think I got like 12, 13 in that ballpark. I think you got about the same. So. Yeah. And how many shrimp do we have left? Uh, we have zero. <laughs> so, and that was about, what, a year ago? Yeah, actually, no, I have one. Okay, so one out of 30 a year later. Right. And so, and I think that, and I also bought some angelfish, and I started out with five, and I have two. And what's that been, like six months now? Something like that? Yeah. So, as you can see, now, I'm not saying that you can't get good fish or shrimp online. I'm just saying the odds of you getting fish that match your water, you right off the bat, you're going to have problems. And then, I had a couple fish. One had a swim, sw- swim bladder problem, and another one had dwarfism. I didn't even know dwarfism was a thing for fish. Or your um, angel. angel fish, yeah. right? Yeah, he was an angel, and he, uh, he never grew above like a dime size. So, I don't know if he had like internal tapeworms or what, but... Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. And then, like I said, another lost it over to swim bladder, which could be a food issue, but most likely it's a genetic issue. Right. So, which is kind of why we went with, um, well, I went with Hillstreams, because I felt like the price was so high and the demand was there, because Corey has actually come out with both uh, Girl, what's, what's her name, Girl Talks Fish and Aquarium Co-op have both come out with Hillstream videos, same as Rachel O'Leary. So they're kind of a hot fish right now. Which might be why it's jacking the price up so much. But a lot of people are getting them in demand. And I talked to my uh, local fish store employee, and they seem pretty excited about getting them in. Yeah, I know. Well, I know I've been pushing you to go ahead and do this project just because of the prices that we've been seeing at these stores are pretty crazy. And I only have one myself, and I'd like to have, well, yeah, two. One's a baby, but uh, I'd like to have I have more. given him one. Let, let the record be clear that he has been given one. Yes, he has given me already one uh, baby Hillstream loach, so I do have that waiting on it to keep growing, which it is. However, I would like to see more of the Hillstreams, you know, that, that Steve Grace breeding. your tank. Yes, yeah. <laughs> to grace my tank, correct. So I've really pushed him to really get this... Uh, tank of his going just for these hill streams and i think it would be a great investment uh not just for for us but for our stores here locally because we've only seen one store actually carry these hill stream loaches lately yes since the whole uh coronavirus lockdown and ever since then uh we've only seen maybe a handful of times right and And they go quick right and it's been like a couple months now since we've seen uh, another fish store here have them in stock. Yeah, and I kind of want to talk about like how this all came to be because so me and Juan both kind of talked about breeding them and I put it off for a long time and then a magical day happened and we noticed or I noticed a baby hillstream in the tank just naturally produced. So from that one and I <laughs> I never call on Juan like hey, there's a baby <laughs> and so it was really exciting, and so from that point on, I was like, well, what can I do as a fish keeper to make sure that these babies survive? So the first thought was, okay, well, they're already breeding in the big tank, so we know that's successful. Now, how can we 
um, increase their survival rate. Because I had I've had three or four batches now, and about one or two have survived with each batch. And yeah. I assume there's probably thirty babies. Right. So obviously the survival rate of one or two is not great. Yeah. So and I have about seventy fish in that tank, um, so which is is one hundred eighty gallons. So it's pretty large. So obviously there's gonna be a lot of predation in that tank. So, which has kind of led me to on my path to setting up my 15-gallon breeding tank. Right, just for these hill streams to get those numbers a little bit higher. Right, because I'd be happy with even like I think five to seven per batch. I think that, that would be uh, pretty decent, especially because, like I said, within how, how many months we first when we first saw the first baby? I'd say at least a month. So, yeah. Or half a month actually, or uh, a month and a half. W- when did I first give you the baby number? I think it's been like two months now. Yeah, I think it was two months. If not early January, mid-January. Yeah, so three batches within like, let's say a month and a half. So we could be looking at, let's say, 21 babies instead of three. So which I feel like if you give it to a store or sell it to a store, I feel like 20, 30 fish would be appropriate. Yeah. So at that rate, you're only really, you know, if I could do 30 a month, I feel like that would that'd be good. I feel like that's doable. Yeah, I feel like it would be doable. I, I kind of think you could probably get more, though. Maybe getting a larger tank and kind of kind of making like almost the same environment as the 180, just at a smaller scale. Right, yeah. And like the, you and I kind of talked about this earlier, maybe having... And like I so said, if this goes well, I might invest in like... One would say like a 40-gallon. I was thinking more like a 55-gallon, just I feel like it's a little bigger. The only problem with it... Uh, I feel like I'd want to put it in my room instead of downstairs because there's already a giant tank downstairs. Yeah. Um, and I feel like for those people, you know, like we talked about earlier, those big tanks, maybe upstairs having a, a 55 might be a little too much. Maybe a 40-gallon might be a little bit better. Yeah, I think maybe a 45 would be a little bit better if you're keeping it maybe even upstairs. But downstairs, definitely. I would say I still think a 40 40-gallon 40 would be the route to go yeah. for, for the hill streams for you. Yeah. And like, so if you remember from our previous podcast, I think I, we talked about the difficulty of catching hill streams. So I did figure out uh, the cheat code to catching the hill streams. So if you have a tank, um, if they're on the sand or the rock or the gravel, they're much easier to catch. So you put a net right over the top of them. Typically, my experience is they shoot straight up into the net. So they're a lot easier to catch, which I've now successfully caught five of them, two of them being babies. Um, and I moved them over to this 15-gallon. So I also invested in a sponge filter for the big tank because I felt like half of my mortality rate was probably due to angels. The other half was probably due to the filter intake. So I've eliminated at least one. And then I also bought a lot of carpeting plants. So hopefully between, which would give them cover. Right. Because if you've ever seen an angelfish try to get feed off the, the ground, it's hilarious to watch. It's... <laughs> so... The, they're not made to be bottom feeders. Like they're definitely made to be like a mid-level hunter. Right. Which is why, like, I have a lot of Danios and rainbow fish. Never seen their fry ever. And I have platies and other fish like live bears. Never seen any fry. And I'm pretty sure the angelfish are taking them out. Uh, but I saw an angelfish try to hunt a baby hill stream, and it was the funniest thing ever to watch because it was not a graceful thing. It was like he had to like fight to get down there, and then he was wiggling his tail the whole time. He was trying to catch them so i definitely feel like because they're so low if i had some plants or something down there it'd make it even more difficult for them to 
hunt them. Right. That gives them more cover to hide. Right. If they were to, the angels were to really get down there and actually uh, be able to catch them, then the carpeting plants would be able to give them more more cover to at least get away. Right. And, and they are kind of tiger-striped when they're babies, so I feel like they would camouflage a lot more on the, in some plants. Yeah, definitely. If anything, hide under the plants. Right. Yeah. And what's funny about hillstream babies is they're not shy. Like, they'll come right out in the open and they'll just dance around and stuff. And yeah. Which is good if you want to see them. Bad if they're trying to, you know, if you have a predator in the tank. Yeah, so. if you're trying to get them to grill, but they're out there dancing, saying hi to the angel fish. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm very curious to see, because, like, the 15-gallon, they're in there by themselves. So, I'm curious to see which tank will produce more babies. And I think it's really, really going to be a toss-up because there's more to eat in the big tank. But it's heavily fed. It's very well established, and they come in called uh, biofilm. So it's kind of like the stuff on the rocks and stuff. It's not really the algae. It's actually the biofilm. So I'm, I'm very curious to see which one can produce more. Yeah, I want to see which one actually produces more as well. Just because they the they initially bred in the 180, so maybe there's something in the 180 that they like that makes them want to breed more. Um, this is good. it's just going to be something you're going to have to find out when you you yeah. do see if you can get them to breed in that 15 gallon. And I've watched a lot of like Rachel Lewis. She had like two videos about breeding hill streams, and a couple other people have too. But there's not like a whole lot out there. Um, Corey has this 800 gallon, and they said they bred in there too. And they have like I think I was like 200 tiger barbs, like 50 clown loaches. So definitely like a big community tank, and they were still breeding in there. Right. So I don't know. Maybe they like they like breeding in big tanks. That could be. That could be it. That more more space that gives them liberty to just go ahead and breed wherever. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about, you were thinking about doing a shrimp breeding tank? Yeah, I was thinking about, I know when we were ordering our shrimp last year or whatever year it was, I was having success in my shrimp. I had ordered some really shrimp and they were actually breeding pretty well in my five gallon tank. And I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't really dedicating them to breed or anything. They were just kind of in there so I could see them and see their colors and stuff. And I had bought in some red rillies, some blue velvets. I had a couple cherries in there, not a lot. Now explain what these shrimp kind of look like. So the red rillies are, they have like a red head and then in the middle of the body is kind of like a white gap and it's kind of see-through and then the, towards the tail it's red. It's not like the crystals where they're the red head, the white middle and the red tail. Uh, the reallys are more of a, the middle is the more clear part where you can see more through through them. They're yeah. more see-through. I, I say they're basically a crystal except for you can see w what they had for dinner the night before. Right, yeah. So that would be the reallys and I had the, the red reallys. And then the blue velvets uh, are the, I consider blue velvets to be the lighter shrimp. Um, I think some people call them the dream. Yeah, blue dreams. The blue dreams. And I had a couple of those, and then I also had the regular cherry shrimp, which are red. Did you ever have the black ones that are like the brownies or something like that? I did not. Those are the chocolate Chocolates, shrimp. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't have any of those. Uh, I did consider them, but no, I didn't have any of those. And then I had some orange, I think they were called orange tangerine or something like that. Yeah. And I did have those. And those were okay. They're not the hardiest. They're, and they're actually, I think, more expensive. I think they are the Caradina shrimp, if I remember correctly. And 
I had them all in the tank. Like I said, I wasn't trying to breed them or anything, but they were actually doing really well in that tank. And one day I overfed, which actually is the only reason why they, that tank crashed. Uh, I did overfeed on some bug bites that I had just gotten. Now, did you like dump the whole thing in there or like what did you do? I didn't. It was just crushed really good, at, like really fine. And so I had taken like a pinch or two, not thinking it was a lot. Yeah. And the next morning I woke up and they were like all half dead. Hmm. And so I went into panic mode trying to save as many as I could. And so like now I only have the four that are in my um, So what food what food were you using before the bug bites? So before the bug bites I was using these small shrimp wafers that you can buy. They're kind of like the bigger wafers you buy for like your plecos and your algae eaters like your loaches except they're like 10 times smaller. Uh, so I was giving them those. Um, I would drop in some bloodworms in there as well. Uh, they did seem to love those. So I was doing that, and it, I was feeding at least like you know twice a week maybe. And since you know they're grazers, so they'll eat whatever is out there. So they were doing good until, like I said, I crashed that tank feeding that bug bites. I just overfed. It wasn't anything with bug bites really. It was just me overfeeding, not thinking. You know the right. couple pinches I put in there was too much. Well, I feel like, you know, maybe for those listening, maybe the wafer would be a better way to go because that way you know you're not overfeeding. Right, yeah. It's, I think if I were, which, oh, well, you know, I'm thinking of doing it again, I would definitely do the wafers. I know Shrimp King has uh, like a wafer type of thing for shrimp, so I might look into that because I'm considering breeding the Bloody Marys because um, like we go to the local fish stores here and they don't all carry shrimp. But when they do, the the price itself is a lot higher than what they were before uh, the whole virus lockdown. Uh, you know, if you remember correctly, a cherry shrimp was like three dollars, maybe two. I remember seeing them at a dollar. Yeah, yeah, even like a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Now they're like six, seven, eight. You know. I think I saw one like ten. Like it was, it was like a Bloody Mary. But... Yeah, the Bloody Marys have definitely gone up. Those are definitely ten dollars a pop, and that's twenty dollars just for two little shrimp. You know. Right. I mean. It's no hill stream, but it's still right. pretty yeah. quick. I know, yeah. That money goes fast. And, you know, people want to get at least four or five of these guys because they look so nice together. So, you know, that's, what, $50 there. Yeah. But so, I feel like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like post-COVID, the, there's a lot more people at fish stores. Well, yeah, I think that they are. I think the whole being at home and uh, not having you know, like someone to talk to or, or, you know, going out and... Just being isolated. Right, just being isolated. You, you want to have something at home to, like, take care of, you know, have something to look at that looks nice. And a lot of people are just going out and buying tanks and, you know, trying their hand at keeping fish or shrimp and things. Yeah, and when you come home, if you cry, you can cry in your saltwater tank and fill up the tanks. So. <laughs> yeah, that is an option. <laughs> I'm sure you've done it before. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, generally how I fill my saltwater tank. It's much cheaper. Right, yeah, that does seem a lot cheaper. Yeah. I should try that sometime. <laughs> your body, if you drink water, you know, when you cry, it'll naturally produce salt water, so your tears. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that sometime. Maybe <laughs> when I start getting killing my corals or something, the corals that I get in. But, yeah, I definitely have considered breeding... The Bloody Marys, I do like the Bloody Marys. They're not like the cherry shrimp. Uh, the Bloody Marys, their actual body itself is the red color, whereas the cherries are more of the exoskeleton as the color. All right, so I have a tough question for you. So okay. 
Now, let's say Bloody Mary goes for $10. Right. So you're probably going to get like a third of that. Either store credit or maybe probably half store credit, maybe a third like cash if you're lucky. But let's say, I don't know, some kind of Caradina shrimp's like $20, $30, Is it better to sell the cheap fish or would you rather sell like a Caradina? Maybe not as hardy, but you get three or four times the payment back. Um, I think I'd say maybe the shrimp. I know a lot of people usually tend to go for like the cherry shrimps or like the Bloody Mary shrimps just because they're more of a brighter color. Yeah. So to me, I would say a shrimp would definitely be the route to go. I know there's such a huge selection of fish you could go for. And a lot of people tend to go for the glow fish because yeah. of their colors, yeah. you know? And they are they are cheaper. Sure. So if it were up to me, I would definitely do the shrimp. Which one? The Bloody Marys are the ones I'm I'm leaning towards more right now. So I read an interesting study. It said most fish keepers are new fish keepers that actually buy stuff. Which is they said if you want to sell fish for profit, buy the beginner fish because most of new people are beginners. So I think that would be kind of an argument for a cherry shrimp because most beginners, anything you read online is going to say buy cherry shrimp. Yeah, the cherry shrimp. Like I said, the cherry shrimp are definitely the more beginner, but people do also want to go for the color, you know? Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of it because I, I like the black and white shrimp. I've always, I like black and white anything. I'm actually wearing a black and white shirt right now. and <laughs> <laughs> That's true, you are. And uh, so I, I tried the King Kong shrimp. It was a Caradina shrimp. Didn't work out well. Probably shouldn't put you know baby angels with shrimp. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I think that'd be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm i thinking, I, I kind of go back and forth between like um, maybe a crystal shrimp. But I just, I but, think. But see, that's the thing though. Yeah. So when you're first starting out though and you want to keep a shrimp, you don't want to go for your $20 King Kongs. Right. You yeah, know? You want to go for your cheap $1 to $3 cherry shrimp or see your how. blue velvet and see if you can even, you know. Keep these suckers alive. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, well, I guess we'll have to see which way we go. I'm curious to see Juan's Shrimp Enterprise versus my Hillstream Enterprise, see which one is more profitable in the long run. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know I I do have them currently in an all-shrimp tank right now, so that didn't take me uh, a year or two to set up. It's true. <coughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Hillstream definitely takes a little bit longer. But like I said, I am, they are actively breeding now, so that's a, a good thing. So we'll have to see. His shrimp, so if you had to, now are you trying to sell or are you trying to get store credit? Well, so that's the thing. I'm not sure how that would work around here. I know we've talked to someone at one of our local fish stores, and they seem to ma- mainly give uh, store credit. And I remember a year ago, uh, one of the new stores that opened up, they were talking about, also giving store credit uh, for the shrimps when, when I was thinking about really breeding last year. So I think mainly what they do is store credit. I'm not sure what the stipulation would be for getting actual cash in hand from these stores. Yeah, I'd say probably the best thing is get them hooked on your fish, maybe use some store credit for maybe six months, you know, and then after they, they realize you have a quality product, maybe you talk about receiving some kind of payment for it other than store credit yeah that could work i know if you have yeah like you were saying the quality is there then they may 
actually be willing to pay cash in hand for your uh, your shrimp and or fish, whatever it may be. Yeah, and I mean, I'd be okay with store credit. I mean, I obviously spend enough <laughs> to, to use a store credit. Um, and I feel like, I think the biggest local fish store, I know on their website, they say they usually do 50% whatever they, the market value of the, the fish or shrimp is. Okay. So, you know, for my Hillstream, if they sell for $30, that'd be, leave me with 15 um, and one of the store employees kind of said the same thing. They just said just to make sure you don't flood the market. Because you know, if you're obviously producing 100 they're not going to sell them for $30 anymore. Right. But then again, you could sell to different stores. Right. And, so. that, and that was kind of my plan. I was like, well, maybe I could just sell it to, if I need a heater, you know, sell to one store. If I need a certain fish, sell to one store. And just kind of rack up a bunch of store credits. So no matter where I go, you know, I have store credit there. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. So well, Obviously, the, the, the hopeful goal is to never pay for anything aquarium ever again right but, <laughs> that is that is the main goal yeah but we both know that's probably never gonna happen but it is the dream yeah to be able to profit from fish and or shrimp i think it'd be cool to see that happen you know for us here at least locally yeah so hopefully i'll uh set this up and like i said i've i've invested mostly just making sure that you know they don't get eaten and uh no powerheads suck them up, so I've invested in sponges. I've kind of kept the predators away, so hopefully um, they'll produce quickly, and I'll be on to my forty-gallon breeder soon. Yeah, that's exciting. That'll be good to see. I hope I hope it does turn out well for for the loach and the breeding tank. And I've thought about um, putting shrimp with them too, but I wanted to make sure that they would be okay breeding alone. Yeah, I'd I'd probably let them in the tank by themselves. Just have it. So that way they know it's just for them, get them all comfy in there, right. make sure they actually will start breeding in that tank, and then add shrimp down the line. Yeah. And I actually heard that shrimp will actually roll, roll the eggs of the, the fish and not actually eat them. So it kind of like keeps algae and fungus off of them. So, And actually, I saw online the biggest shrimp colonies had hillstream loaches in the tank. I saw that a couple different times, so... I don't know how true that is. You know, that's one of those things like you hear rumors online, but until you actually do it, you don't really know. Yeah, I mean that seems like it would work. Yeah, they, if they do tumble their own eggs, you know. Right. So. Yeah. So we'll have to find out. We'll let you guys know, and maybe this will work out. Maybe it won't. I I thought about doing like other fish, like rainbows and angels and corridoras and danios and platy. So I have a lot of options, but. Me personally, I think like hillstreams are going to be the best, but maybe down the line, I'm like, well, hillstreams aren't working. Maybe we can go to, you know, one of the Your others. Panda quarries that are breeding. Yeah, yeah. I have panda quarries right now are breeding like rabbits, so maybe a better route. So we'll have to see. Yeah, definitely. Constantly breeding, you know, your different species that are already breeding would be the way to go. Yeah, and I thought about, well, what if I just bred all of them? But I was like, maybe if I just specialize, maybe that's better because. They are hillstreams are selling for so much right now. Maybe that's uh, that can just afford the rest of them. Yeah, and then if you get a good quality, a good strain going. It's true. I actually saw a white strain, like a, like almost like a snow leopard, yeah. white black mix. I thought that was kind of a cool. Wow, combo. that does sound pretty cool. Almost like a pleco. Yeah, kind of like a zebra pleco, just like a mini yeah. alien version. So we'll have to see. Maybe I'll maybe one of the babies will be white, and I can special kind of selectively breed that color yeah or like how we were talking before even breeding is getting like an all black one yeah i think the only thing with all black fish i feel like as soon as you like have a big enough tank 
they disappear. They're just gone. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's kind of like, like, you know, you look at black shrimp, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of people usually, well, around here, a lot of people have black substrate. It's true. Uh, I think that's pretty much everywhere. I feel like black substrate, black black background. So, you know, if they get on any of that, they're just Yeah, they you wouldn't even see them. Which I think that's why red pops so much, because once you put red and green, you can see it from across the room. Yeah, that's, yeah. Which is the idea of, you know, breeding these either cherry or the bloody marys are the ones that i really like but yeah my mom so i had cherries and uh, king kong the black and white ones at the same time and she she does not at the time didn't really know anything about fish and she's like i really like the red ones because you can see them from across the room yeah and i was like the black and white ones are twenty dollars <laughs> the cherries are like free and she's like yeah but i can see the red ones and i was like <laughs> okay well so you know these I, are more expensive yeah exactly i was like i want you to appreciate the expensive don't look at the red ones yeah so but i feel like to, to the novice to the beginners if they're gonna see that bright red they're not and they see the cheap price i think they're gonna go for them more yeah i think so too yeah definitely the the quality that you put out i think is what will determine the factor of these stores giving you either the store credit or cash in hand yeah i think that's I think it's going to be true. So we'll have to see going forward how this all turns out. Yeah. We hope to make this a kind of running series and give you fairly frequent updates on our breeding process. Yeah. On our tanks, how our colonies and our, our breeding tanks are doing, and seeing the next stages of how we present our you know fish and shrimp to our local fish stores here. Yeah. I don't know what you want, but I'm, I'm curious. I wish I could jump it in time, six months, be like, did you make a profit? Did your whole colony die? Right. Yeah, that'd be... I just wish you could, but, you know, it, it is a slow process, and we're just going to have to sit here for the ride. Yeah, I kind of wish I was you guys. Be like, oh, yeah, wait six months. Yeah. <laughs> His colony died. He, he's now into frogs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dart frogs, Yeah. to be exact. Yeah, dart frogs. So we'll, we'll keep you updated, and uh, thanks again for tuning in. Yep, we'll catch you guys later. Yeah.